Here are details of some of tonight's programmes. At ten o'clock, a panel of teenagers will be discussing the growing problem of delinquency amongst clergymen. <laughs> Finally, Bernard Levin will be talking about how he's been a lifelong sufferer from foot-in-the-mouth disease. <laughs> Meanwhile, for those of you who are more easily pleased, here's 30 minutes of glittering codswallop as we take you round the hall. The story so far, Inspector Bill Pertwee, he of the beetling brows and spidery legs, leant against the mantelpiece in the library at Mallory Grange and surveyed the company. His eyes darted round the room and rolled under the ottoman. <laughs> which was played by Hugh Paddock in a yashmak. <laughs> Who was the murderer? Was it the butler, balding, bow-legged old Betty Marsden? <laughs> or perhaps the lovely Nubian belly dancer, Kenneth Williams? <laughs> Suddenly the lights went out and he heard a sound the like of which no man had heard and lived. In an awful croak, the words rasped out. Good evening, my name's Kenneth Horne. <laughs> And welcome, welcome to Round the Horn. Well, here to begin with are the answers to last week's quiz. Question one, that was the sporting question. The answers were a hole in one, a hole in two, and a cigarette burn in the other. <laughs> the answer to question two, well, of course, the odd man out was Edwin Braden. The others, of course, are washable. <laughs> By the way, Edwin Braden has taken over the baton from Paul Fenelay on this show. We hope that in time he'll learn to use it. Uh, so, for the rest of this series, we shall be seeing Edwin on the podium. Many times. Many, right. many, yeah. many oh. times. Thank many. you. Now, finally, the question on, uh, question on etiquette. The answer was in three parts as follows. Not with your fingers. You shouldn't in the bath. And yes, if you feel you really must, but you get crumbs in the bed. Which attracts the birds. All right, all right. Well, now, today marks the anniversary of that eminent Victorian bird fancier, Nemesis Fothergill, known perhaps better to ornithologists and the police as the Birdman of Potter's Bar. He first achieved prominence when he discovered Trustpot's yellow black corn paw, for which Trustpot had been looking for weeks. Shortly after this, he was the first man to record the cry of the lesser spotted willow warbler, so-called because it has less spots than other willow warblers. <laughs> this bird usually emits a sound resembling... I'll repeat, I'll repeat that. But during the mating season, it changes to... Chuck a chuck a chuck a chuck. Well, I suppose during the mating season he'd have more to be happy about, wouldn't he? <laughs> Perhaps Nemesis was best known for his, his experiments in crossbreeding. Being short-sighted, this led to some surprising results. As witness, Fothergill's lesser-spotted flying fox terrier. <laughs> a speech. <laughs> A species which is almost extinct, fortunately. I mean, it, it's a bit unnerving to find a bird scratching at the door and barking to go walkies. But certainly his most successful venture in this field was to produce a turkey with six legs for large families who each wanted a drumstick. The experiment was a great success, but unfortunately 
he could never catch the blighters. Well, there you are. Don't say I never tell you anything. Now, we come to the spot in the show where we pay tribute to the backroom boys of the BBC. Come out of there! All right. <laughs> this week, the audience research department. Now, the people who go from door to door finding out what you, the public, want to hear or see. Last week, I went out with one of the BBC's highly trained investigators to see how it was done. Well, you see, Mr. Horn, we just take a typical street like this and then we go from door to door asking questions and filling out this questionnaire. Well, you take this side of the road and I'll take the other. Right, I'll try this house first. You the sanitary? No. <laughs> the HP? No. The council? No. Ned, it's the law! <laughs> Now, calm yourself, isn't he? I'm trying to explain, but it's very difficult to be coherent with you belabouring me about the knees with a pickaxe handle. Stop it, Neddy, or you'll get done for grievous bodily. Constable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I turn Queen's evidence against my Neddy, will it go easier for me? Don't! Let them send me back to that place. I don't want to send anyone anywhere. I'm just conducting an inquiry on behalf of the BBC into people's viewing and listening habits. Oh. Well. Yes. Yeah, well, we feel that there's been too much violence on television. <laughs> I tried at another house. Oh, good morning, Mr... Uh, Grant Fattock. Peas, peas mould, Grant Fattock. J. Peas mould, Grant Fattock. Archbishop. Archbishop? Yes, well, it's a honorary title. You see, I'll give it to myself. It was the... <laughs> It was the voices that told oh, yes. me, the voices, they told me, they talked to me, and they said, go forth, they said, be the lay preacher at the Elfire and Damnation Tabernacle. It's, <laughs> it's over the chip shop at Brixton, do you know it? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I know it quite well, actually. Oh, I thought it was a dance hall. Though. Oh, yes, it was, oh. I was, but it come to pass that the Philistines and their birds did cause a great... <laughs> Philistines and their birds did cause a great unrest in the land, and verily the bogies did descend upon them. <laughs> ah, 
and did smite them hip and thigh and sent them forth for a carpet at the Wormwood Scrubs. <laughs> and then they did hire the place to the Brotherhood of a Friday, seeing as our Sundays was bingo. Come, <laughs> come up and confess your sins one Friday, brother. You'll hear some smashing sins up there of a Friday after the pubs are closed. <laughs> Always spread the message of good cheer and hope. What, good cheer. What message is that? Uh, we be doomed. <laughs> we be all doomed. Doomed, I, I tell you. I'm sure you will I've be, got yeah. a touch of the doom. I, yeah. you, I should have a bit of a gargle vibe with you with Salamander. <laughs> But what, look, what I really wanted to know is this. Um, what do you want of an evening? That building across the road <laughs> with the easier binoculars. Oh, you should see the sin that goes on over there, brother. Oh, the lights burning all night. People creeping about in their night attire. Look, I'm uh, sorry to disappoint you, but it's the General Hospital. Oh. <laughs> Another illusion shattered. Yes, uh, yes, very interesting, Mr. Grunfather. Uh, oh, Norman. Yeah. Norman, is yes, it? Ah. Gothic. Could you tell me, sir, something about your viewing habits? Yes, I am, as you will have gathered, by vocation, a peeping Tom. So, <laughs> when any lissom young female is Judith Chalmers or Peggy Mel comes on the screen, <laughs> I shut the doors in front of the set immediately. Why do you do that? I like to watch through the keyhole. <laughs> So much then for the backroom boys. Now, Smith, Smith, put that hip flask of foot embrocation away and announce the next item. Oh, sorry, sir, it's purely medicinal. Oh, your story. <laughs> now, trends. This is the part of the show for the jet set, as opposed to people of my age, the Sopwith Camel crowd. <laughs> First, fashion. Bosoms are out again. <laughs> well, uh, when they come in, will you tell them I called? <laughs> Swimwear. Two-piece bathing suits are out, and everybody's wearing one-piece costumes. Oh, really? Which piece? Well, I always wear the bottom piece. It avoids complications. <laughs> Here's some inside news. Who was seen in a royal park wearing a one-piece woolen suit? A sheep? <laughs> now, here are some travel trends. A few suggestions for With It holidays. Sunny, cannibal-infested South Borneo beckons. I've never known anyone who has come back disappointed, but then I've never known anyone who has come back. <laughs> Or there's a fine choice of agricultural working holidays. You can go hopping in Kent. Or even better, leaping about in Leicestershire. <laughs> or if you prefer it. Or if you prefer it, there's blackberrying in Norfolk. Muck spreading in Shropshire. Or chicken sexing in Hampshire. Finally, we come to trends in entertainment. Following the trend in pirate radio stations comes news of a new development. A German pirate TV station operating from a ship somewhere off the coast of Germany called the SS Himmler. Here is an excerpt from a typical quiz show.
Douglas Schmidt welcoming you to another session of that gemütlich quiz show, Double Your Phoenix. <laughs> and here is your genial quiz master, Happy Heinrich Schnitzel. Thank you. Dankeschön und welcome to another session of Double Your Phoenix. Brunhilde, bring on the first contestant. Jawohl, Herr Schnitzel. Falling in love again and never want. They're always playing so hard to get. What a girl. <laughs> you know what her telephone number is? 999. <laughs> Laugh again. All right. Now we've had our little fun and so on with the show. Here is our first contestant, Herr Wilhelm Stumpf. Well, Willi, <laughs> and where are you from? Well, Herr Behandel, yeah, I'm from Düsseldorf. How about that? A big hand for little Willi Stumpf from Düsseldorf. <laughs> right? <laughs> I can see we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Brunhilde, the first question. It is a question on music. For 100 Phoenix, who wrote the Emperor Concerto? Uh, the Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, really? Think. Who wrote the Emperor Concerto? I, I can't remember. Oh, come, Willi. You can remember if you try. No, I can't. No, I can't. No, I can't remember. I, I, I have these headaches, you ah, see. <laughs> now, for the last time, who wrote the Emperor Concerto? I can't think. I can't think. I can't think. I can't remember. How can I think with you twisting my arm? Ah, we have ways of making you talk. Oh, please, no. please, don't shine those lights in my eyes. So. Please, let me talk to him. Hello, big boy. <laughs> Me? I like you. Oh. When this is all over, we can go away somewhere together. Look, really, don't be a fool. Tell him what he wants to know. I know this happy Heinrich. He'll stop at nothing to get what he wants. Well, I don't know. I can't remember. I have a little friend who might help to jog your memory. No! No! Otto? Oh, not that sadistic subhuman giant you keep in the cellar. Yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes in the soundproof booth with Otto, I think we'll find we'll loosen your tongue. <laughs> well, for the last <laughs> Uh, all right, all right, don't beat me anymore. I'll tell you, just let me... Give that to me! Ah, just as I thought, a cyanide tablet. Ah, we're wise to that caper on W. Phoenix. <laughs> all right, you've beaten me, you inhuman fiend. You may have got me, but there's others all over the world. People are arming. Democracy is on the move. Yes, I tell you. Why shouldn't I tell you? Your days are numbered, Happy Heinrich. Numbered. The skies are dark over Europe now, but they're in the best. In the best. The dawn is breaking. Yes, Uncle Sam is girding up his loins. His loins, I tell you, his loins. He's girding him up. His loins. Beethoven. It was Beethoven. Oh, I knew. I knew all along. Yes. Yes, that's right. Beethoven. Beethoven wrote the Emperor Concerto. <laughs> oh, well done, Willy. <laughs> now, would you like to go on for the next question? No, I'll stick there. <laughs> 
Now, will you take the money or open the lucky box 13? Remember, oh. it may contain a high-powered car, oh. a transistor radio, oh. or it may be the booby prize. Well, what should he do? Open the box! Open the box! I decided to open the box. What the sportsman? Now, here's the key. Come over here. Turn around. Now, see what Frau Lock has in store for you. Oh, oh, it's just what I've always wanted. It's a love. Oh, well, the boss has beaten us. Come back next week when there'll be 300 pfennigs in the jackboot. Done. <laughs> Well, that's one contestant who won't be back next week. Now, here are the Fraser Hayes Four with a track from their new LP, Hepsibar Menuhin Goes Latin. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Fraser Hayes Four. <laughs> Every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. You find the fun and snap at the jobs again. And every task you undertake becomes a piece of cake. A lock, a spring, it's very clear to see that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down, wow, medicine go down. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Most delightful way. A robin feathering his nest has very little time to rest while gathering his bits of twine and twig. Though quite intent in his pursuit, he has a merry tune to toot. He knows a song will move the job along for a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine. Go down, medicine, go down Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine Go down in the most delightful way The honeybees that fetch the nectar From the flowers to the cone Never tire of ever buzzing to and fro Because they take a little sip From every flower that they nip And hence they not a grind for a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down the medicine go down medicine go down just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in the most delightful way medicine 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 down in the most delightful way Now a tribute to one of the world's ace crime fighters. It's Horn's Law. Why, Captain Horn, you play a mean game of strip poker. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, kid. I'll see you. What have you got? Well, I, I've got three kings and Mr. Bun the baker. <laughs> I've got a full house. Oh. 
Your turn to take something off. Oh, right. Now, what shall it be, my galoshes or my balaclava? Now, don't tantalize me. Captain, you drive me to distraction. No, no, you drive. I'm tired. No, no. Careful, careful, you're crushing my carnation. Captain Horn, homicide and cars washed. What? What? I'll be over right away. Something wrong? No, Edwin Braden's disappeared. <laughs> they suspect murder. Oh, well, so long as it's not bad news. Well, Captain, what happened was this, you see. It was during the rehearsals for Around the Horn. Braden went out to the pub for a quick drink and never came back. But from what I've heard, that's quite usual. <laughs> Have you checked all his usual haunts? Yeah, we checked the Amelia Fulbright home for down-and-out Laskers, and uh, they say his bed hasn't been slept in. Uh. Then, uh, then we tried his club, the Ginger Camel in Soho, but uh, he, he hadn't tried to cash a check there for days. Mm. Have you tried the YWCA? Well, surely he's not a member. No, but I've often seen him hanging about outside. Now, the, the Ginger Camel, you say? Yeah, he was friendly with a girl in the show there, Miss Exotica, does a sort of an act with a snake. Oh, good, I like animal acts. I'll pop over there and make some inquiries. Entourée. Uh, Miss Exotica? Oui, that is so. I don't recognize you. Have we had the pleasure? No, we haven't even met. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Captain Horn, police. Well, why didn't you say so, dearie? Oh. Well, Miss Exotica now. Lil. Lil, yes, well, uh, I I'm inquiring about Edwin Braden. Did you know him? Oh, yes. The major. What about him? He's, uh, disappeared. Good job, too. I was a decent, respectable girl till I met him. He's no good. He's low and deceitful and rotten and depraved. And I hate his guts. Here, I hope nothing's happened to him. <laughs> you know, he may have been a rotter, but he was all man. Oh, Captain. 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 You didn't know him like I did. No. When he'd take you in his arms and press you against him and kiss you passionately. Oh, you don't know what it was like. No, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> oh, oh, Captain. It was like the 4th of July and Christmas and Thanksgiving all rolled into one. You know, from what I've heard of Braden, I should have thought it was more like Halloween. <laughs> I trusted him, but he lied to me. He said he liked my act with the snake. He said he'd get me on zoo time, but he never, he never did, Captain. All he did was knit me snake and flog it to an handbag manufacturer. <laughs> what kind, what kind of man is that, Captain? A man who would pinch my asp and run away. <laughs> I'm having to do my act with the length of O's pipe. <laughs> tell me, tell me, where's the exotic Eastern mystery in the length of O's pipe? Well, it's about halfway down on the left, I think. <laughs> I did not kill him. But have you any idea who might have? Did he have any enemies? Well, let me think. Uh, there was 
Harry, the trombone player in the Hornblowers. <laughs> he hated Eddie. Well, where could I find this Harry? He hangs out at a self-beat sandwich bar near Archer Street. <laughs> Yeah, he was uncool, that Braden cat. He bugged me, Dig. <laughs> he bugged your Dig? I, 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 don't, I don't quite get this, sir. No, man, you, you putting me on? No, no. Oh. Like, what I mean is, he, he was my connection, you know. He, 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 like, turned me on to the salt beef sandwiches, like... Until <laughs> it, it become like an addiction, Dig. You don't know how it starts, do you? I mean, you, you like, have a puff at the gherkin just for kicks. <laughs> One day you'll wake up in a cold sweat... <laughs> You've got to have the salt beef sandwich <laughs> With mustard <laughs> Now look at me, man I've got a salt beef monkey on me back <laughs> No good trying to get it off <laughs> Yeah, like, like I knew Brayton, but I never killed him like. But you had a motive Oh, yeah, baby, but so did everybody else The writers of the show, they hated him He was, he was blackmailing them he knew they was receiving stolen jokes and passing them off as their own. <laughs> yes, Captain, you should see the riders. Are you the two writers? Yeah, I'm Julian. This is my friend Sandy. <laughs> Surely you're those two out-of-work actors from Rent-A-Chap. Yeah, so I've taken up script writing as a sideline, you see. Well, it's not a full week's work, oh, is it? Quite, I mean, you can't call it a full week's work. We sort of model ourselves on Mura Norden. Yeah, I'm sort of Frank Muir. And I'm more the Christine Norden. <laughs> we do all types of writing, don't yeah, we? We do all, all types. types. I'm just going to be versatile. Mm. You may have seen some of the things we've done. The Four Just Men, but only just. Then <laughs> we wrote Ready, Steady, Whoops. Why do you call it that? Well, I hadn't intended to, but as I was typing the title, I broke my fingernail on the typewriter. <laughs> Scream the place I down. Know. I can't say anything. No. <laughs> Suffer from I do, I do. Where's Thimbles now? You don't tell no lies. <laughs> and then uh, you might have seen my compact. Why, have you lost it? Oh! Uh, it's bold, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, compact. I wrote the one where that Ian Harmon come into the office and burst into tears when Mrs Chater told him his sales was going it's down. Very touching. Yes, it was. Yeah. I thought so myself. <laughs> then Ben had this screaming row with Doug because he said he'd nicked his eyebrow tweezers. Has he? No, of course he had <laughs> Gussie confesses she's Mitch's mother, so Mitch gives Elliot Morrow a good thrashing with his own stick and runs off and comes a stoker in the Merchant Navy. That's right, babe. Mm. But surely Mitch, uh, Mitch is a woman. Oh, is he? <laughs> he never let on. All right, boy. <laughs> well, I appreciate your problems, but I'm inquiring about the mysterious disappearance of Edwin Braden. Now him, great airy fool. <laughs> Yes, that fits the description I have. <laughs> well, anyway, we believe that he's been foully slain, and all the evidence points to you two. You had the means, the motive, and the... Captain Horn, something terrible has happened. Good heavens what? Take a grip of yourself, sir. We found Edwin Braden. Dead? Worse. Alive. 
Okay, Captain, it's your call. Well, I'll, uh, I'll raise you a woolly sock. I'll raise you a pair of nylons. <laughs> a fair owl pullover and my braces. Oh, you're playing for high stakes, Captain. If you win this hand, it means I'm left with practically nothing on. All right, then, in that case, I'll see you. <laughs> That's Horn's Law. That's all for today. We'll be back with another edition of Round the Horn next week. Before I go, here's the prize-winning entry in our Limerick competition. It comes from Mrs. H. Fisher of 20 Thornfield Avenue, London, NW7. goes like this. Two factory workers from Cork were eating their soup with a fork. One said to his friend, use the opposite end. Oh, look, I've invented a spork. <laughs> we rather liked that. It was a jolly difficult limerick to, to deal with, I may say. Now, here are the opening two lines of the next competition, the winner of which will be announced in two weeks' time. They go like this, the first two lines. A cockney was pushing his barrow through Battersea's streets wide and narrow. I'll repeat that. A cockney was pushing his barrow through Battersea's streets wide and narrow. And enters to round the horn... BBC London W1, and to the sender of the best completed limerick goes this week's prize of a glossy nude photograph of Richard Dimbleby's knees. <laughs> and I wouldn't mind going in for that myself. Well, cheerio, see you next week. That was Round the Hall. Starring Kenneth Horne with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard The Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Chalk and Marty Feldman and produced by John Simmons. (laughs) 